M I K E apostrophe D? We don't, we don't get a little crazy, but we'll see. Dude, that's a. Not apostrophe. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a good one. <laughs> That's why everybody in my Twitter sphere is talking about, well, after Tiger King, we have to give the Calvinists total depravity. Oh, you got you to give the Calvinists. They got, they got to have total depravity there. Hey, when, are you, when do you want to start, Travis? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so well, are we live? Which one of our topics did you want to, that we were just talking about? I don't know. What yeah, should we talk should... about today? We've run the gamut of topics today. So, All right, so what I'm... do you think? I obviously watched your video. Yeah. And I've got I've got some questions for you. And then and hopefully we can kind of I may or may not have some answers for you. I have answers for. Okay. So you you brought up the problem of evil and suffering. Yeah. And and how if God is good and he's all powerful, then why does evil and suffering exist? Yeah. Um and you refer to it as the inconsistent triad. And I know that like you and I both are really into apologetics. Yeah. And so we're, we're probably exposed to a lot of things, but I would love to hear um, from you, how big a problem do you think this is for the skeptic, for the non-Christian? Like, like on the scale of all the different problems, does God exist and things like that? Like wh- where would this rank on just on problems for skeptics? So I became a Christian in 1987. And okay. so that's what, 33 years ago. And I can tell you that after about two years into my Christian life, I really started being intentional about trying to interact with people of other faiths as well as skeptics to Christianity. And from my experience, this is the number one issue for people. Um, This has been a huge issue. Uh, You know, people still bring up the Holocaust. How can can we have an all-good, all-powerful God and the Holocaust exist? I mean, you know, even even the skeptic would say, hey, those are supposed to be God's favorite people, right? The Jews. (laughs) And so how can that happen? And so I see this not only as a major stumbling block for the skeptic, but I see it as a real issue for Christians as well, who who even are who do believe, but they have a hard time reconciling some of these things. Okay, so on that note, right there, um, pretend I'm a skeptic going to just the average Christian, uh-huh. and I say, "Hey, explain to me how if God is good, God is all powerful." How can evil and suffering exist? What do you think the average Christian responds to that question? My experience and observation okay. has been, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that can happen. And, and a lot of times it just, it goes back, and this is not really a bad answer, but, but that we just have to trust. I hear Christians come to me and say, hey, I, I was talking to my skeptic friend, and I just told him, well, you know, we just believe that God is good and that he's, he's doing something. And so I think it really comes down to faith for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's really good and important, but I also think there are intellectually satisfying answers. So, so, so if the average Christian says something along the lines of like faith, you got yeah. just got, this is one of those things I have to have faith. Yeah. In. Which, I mean, obviously I think that there, that is a true statement for yeah. the Christian. Yeah. So. Well, well, let me interject here. Everyone believes certain things by faith. Right. Everyone takes things by faith. And, you know, even the, even the hardened atheist who is a pure naturalist, in other words, believe there's nothing outside the natural order, 
has a faith that science provides all the answers. And when you even say, well, science hasn't given us the answer for this or this, their response is, yeah, but it will someday. That's a faith statement. Well, how do you know it will someday? Right. Well, that's just what I believe. So we all operate by faith. Everyone does. So, so you know, for us, faith needs to be reasonable. I know that yeah. Dr. Craig, Dr. Yeah. William Lane Craig, you know, he's got his reasonablefaith.org. Yeah. Um, and, and really uses that term. So like, like faith is good, it just needs to be a reasonable faith. So which, well, yeah, we, which faith is We should reasonable? have reasonable uh, foundations on which to base our faith. For example, a lot of atheists like to, to throw around, well, if you're going to believe in God, you might as well just believe in a flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, okay, that sounds like a really good gotcha but there is no evidence whatsoever right. that there is some flying spaghetti monster. But we have really good evidence to believe that there is a creator, that that creator is intelligent, that that creator is purposeful, and that creator is good. And so we're not just pulling some, hmm, what am I going to believe today? Spaghetti monster. <laughs> no, these are, yeah. and, and not only that, the, the reasons we have to believe these things have been put through scrutiny for centuries and have stood the test of those, those, um, those critics and skeptics. Right. I, I guess I, I could suppose, because I know this is your favorite book and movie series ever, The Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the, your favorite, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why okay. do you want to just immediately <laughs> turn people watching off to me I'm right sorry. now? Because intelligent people <laughs> like that. Trilogy. That's just all there is to it. I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. I agree. <laughs> Intelligent people like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So <laughs> it wouldn't be reasonable, you know. Although there is, a, it certainly is an epic story, and there's, you know, uh, fantastic elements of art. It wouldn't be reasonable for me to believe that book over the Bible because it's not historical. It's obviously yeah. False. I mean, the, the Bible talks about historical places, historical persons. We've got archaeological evidence. There's good historical evidence for the for the events described in the Bible. So it's not just some fantasy book that we're believing in. It's grounded in history. Now, people might still look at that and say, well, it's, you know, it's like a historical fiction book, you know, a fiction yeah. book grounded in history. And they're free to do that. So that's not the only reason, but we do have a faith that's actually grounded in history. Yeah, that's good. So I, so kind of, kind of transitioning back to that, that problem of evil and suffering. So there might be some people who listen to this that get convicted right here with this question I'm going to ask you. Okay. So right. that response of the average Christian, because I'm right there with you. Like uh, until I started really studying apologetics, I feel like that would have been my response. Like, this is something I've got to take on faith. Yeah. So, um, kind of a twofold question. Number one, uh, if I'm a skeptic, I go to a, a, a Christian and I ask that question about why is there evil and suffering if God is good, God is all powerful, and they say, well, this is just something we have to take on faith. Do you think that that is an acceptable answer? Um, and number two, if it's not, you know, how, how important, I guess, here, let me, let me rewind this a moment. How important is it for Christians to get this one right? Like, like, like when you get asked that question, this is one question that you need to spend time with. You need to think of a good answer and you need to get this one right. That's a great question. And I don't think there's a simple answer to it. So let me just say okay. a couple of things. For one thing, we believe that the grounds for the gospel, 
the good news of Christ, that he, he lived the perfect life, that he died as our substitute, suffering our punishment for sin, and that he rose from the grave. Though we have good historical reasons to believe those, we accept those things by faith. So our faith, our, our belief system, Christianity, is a faith-based belief system. Right. I believe there's good historical evidence that the resurrection of Christ is a historical event. I think we should have a conversation about that in yeah, another, yeah, totally. another one of these uh, discussions. But I wasn't there, so I do have to take it by faith, just like the person who, who believes in some cosmological principle for the origins of the universe and who says, well, we believe that the laws of certain laws of nature were suspended for a brief period of time to give rise to the Big Bang. Well, they weren't there, they don't know, so they have to look at evidence and go back and say, okay, well, this is the best conclusion that I can come to based on the evidence. So that's what we do. So I, faith does not bother me, and I think faith is a good answer, but I think if you have a, a true skeptic, now there's a difference between a questioner and a skeptic. For example, I'm talking to a guy right now on a regular basis who keeps bringing me questions because he wants answers. Yeah. I also have conversations with people who are just trying to prove me wrong. Mm. And so if someone's trying to prove you wrong, I have found that no matter the answer I give, they're not satisfied. So if somebody who just has a default position that is hostile toward Christianity, yeah. and you say, well, I just believe it, they're just going to go, oh, well, that's just, you, you just don't even think, you just believe whatever you're told, it's an anti-intellectual faith. Yeah. But... But this, for example, this one guy I'm talking to, he's really, he wants to know. In fact, he said to me, um, I've been an atheist all my life, but I've come to the conclusion that I need to find out the truth because if Christianity is true, I had better believe it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And, and if it's false, we need to abandon it. And if it's false, we should abandon it. Yeah. That's exactly right. So when I answer his questions, He'll say, but at the end of the day, it's, it's an act of faith, isn't it? And I say, yeah. And he says, well, I'm okay with that. And so I do think it's okay to do that, to say I have faith. You know, we don't know, because at the end of the day, when we're, the, the problem of evil and suffering is so complex and so large right. that no matter what we're talking about, when we get to the end of it, there's, we just run into faith at the end of it. You know, for example, we're, we're going to be talking about reasons God has for evil and suffering. We don't always know those reasons. Mm. And so we have, to, we have to just say, well, do I believe that God is good? Do I believe that God is sovereign? And if yeah. I do, can I trust him? But having said all that, I do think it's healthy for Christians to wrestle with this and to be able to have a dialogue with people about it. Again, we don't ever have to have all the answers. None of us has all the answers right. for everything. Skeptics don't have all Ske the answers. That's right. Skeptics don't have all the answers. Well, you know, you ask the skeptic, okay, so the, you know, you believe in a Big Bang cosmology. What was there before that? Where did matter come from? Mm. And they respond with, well, we don't know yet. Right. Okay, well, as Christians, we don't know all the answers yet. But that doesn't mean that we won't know them someday. And so I think it's good for us to wrestle with these questions. You know, I, I read about um, Bill Gates when Bill Gates was a young man, and he, um, he went to his pastor. He was, he was raised in a, in a church, and he went to his pastor and, and asked the pastor a question about evil and suffering. And he pulled out of his back pocket, I think it was a Time magazine or a Life magazine, that had pictures of starving children in Africa. And it was a war-torn region. And he says, 
why, why this? And the preacher told him, well, we just have to, don't worry about it. We just have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he walked away from the church that day as a 14-year-old. Mm. He walked away and never came back. And so, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to, I think it was Bill Gates. Have you heard that story? I, I heard that story. I'm pretty sure that's who it is. It's one of these, these big intellectual, yeah. you know, thinker types today. And he walked away from the church at that point because he wasn't even given a thoughtful response. Mm. And I think it's helpful for us to let people know, look, I wrestle with this too. I have thought about this too. Yeah. I have issues right. on this yeah. as well. And if nothing else, for one thing, I think we're being honest. Right. And people know that. And for another thing, we don't want to just dismiss anything because there's the big picture, evil and suffering. Why is there war? Why is there famine? Why yeah. is there violence? But behind all that is the... Why did my brother die at a young age? Mm. Why did my house get broken into? Why, why is coronavirus does, Why are we yeah. dealing with coronavirus right now? And so the truth is, Oh, this is personal for everyone because everyone deals with evil and suffering in the world. Everyone. Yeah. And so... You can't get away from it. You can't. And so while we talk about these sort of high-level arguments, we also want to bring it back to, hey, what, what does this mean in my life and how do I deal with this? Okay, so this, this gets me to like maybe one of my favorite topics because, you know, you and I really, we both love debates. And, yeah. and we love the, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, we've done life together for three years. I know that you're kind of a natural skeptic. Yeah. I'm a natural skeptic. Yeah. And so, That's probably one of the reasons we get along That's so probably one well. of the reasons that we get along. I'm skeptical of you. You're skeptical of me. But yeah, I'm still not sure about <laughs> yeah. you. Um, and so I listen to a lot of debates. Uh, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of like William Lane Craig yeah. versus, you know, he, he's an excellent debater. Yeah. Um, and, and a good Christian apologist, but a really yeah. good debater. And the thing that these really prominent atheists always come back to Sam Harris, uh, the late Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head. Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. When, when pressed, they always seem to go to this problem, the problem of evil and suffering. Yep. So my question to you, I've got, I've got my own opinions. My question is, why do they go there? Like the, the topic may be about who created the universe, and then they get pressed, and it's like, well, God ordered the destruction of the Canaanites, you know, or something okay, like that. Okay, I think they go there because you're leaving more of an evidence-based discussion into a philosophical discussion. Okay. And you can take evidence and look at it. Like we can look at, you know, cosmological arguments. And we can look at evidence for the resurrection. But what's the evidence for the goodness of God in evil and suffering? I mean, you can't, you can't say, look at the archaeology, look at the science, look mm. at the design, look at the order. Right. And so it sort of floats around in this ethereal realm that we can't put our finger on. And I think it's so, for one thing, I think they go there because it's a real issue for them. And you look at most of these guys and they they have a scientific, look at Richard Dawkins. He comes from a scientific background. In fact, seems to be an outstanding, brilliant scientist, but he's a terrible philosopher. Yeah. And so when they, when they talk about those things, they're talking about things that they really can't reduce to the tangibles in their world. And I think it's difficult for them. And they also know it's difficult for us because we can't just point and say, hey, look at this data. 
Yeah. Look at this archaeological discovery. Right, right, yeah. It's not like the resurrection, you know, where we have the, yeah. the evidence before us. It's, it's, you know, I had a discussion with a guy about the resurrection a while back, and uh, he, was, he started out very hostile to me. And then we, we warmed up, and I wouldn't say we developed a friendship, but yeah. we, we ended up getting along, and he invited me over to his house and made lunch for me, and I spent about three hours at his house. And we talked only about the resurrection. That's the only issue. We said, there are a lot of topics. Let's stick to a topic. This was his idea. Let's yeah. talk about this. And at the end of our discussion, he said, I will admit that all of the evidence indicates that Jesus rose from the grave. But since he didn't, <laughs> right, yeah. there has to be another explanation. <laughs> no, there's gotta be. Anthony Flew had a similar comment. Uh, he's like, something odd happened 2,000 years ago. Odd. You know, Yes, yeah, something clearly happened. Yeah. And so... Um, it, it's easy to look at the evidence, and it's not as easy to look at a philosophical discussion. And, fu and fundamentally, that's what we're talking about here. So, so I'm going to give you my opinion on that because I think our opinions are pretty similar. Okay. So in, in developing an argument, the ethos, the pathos, the logos of the argument, you know, yeah. the, the ethos yep. trying, to, trying to, to, to persuade your audience to listen to you, this is why I'm credible. Yeah. The logos, this is my logical, reasonable mm -hmm. appeal to you. And then you get to that pathos. And I think that, like, like as you were saying... Evil and suffering is somebody, something that everybody in the room can, like, oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. you know? Yeah. Why, why did my mom It's a universal diagnosed? problem. It's a universal problem. Yeah. And so I think that, like, when they get pressed and they realize I'm losing the, the logos here, I'm losing the ethos here, well, let, me just, let me just slide this pathos and let me slide this emotional appeal to yeah. the audience. Yeah, you're right. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they, I think they can think they can win some, some credibility in, in that particular... Yeah, I mean, how much how much emotion is involved in the cosmological argument? Not much. <laughs> how much emotion is involved for the skeptic in the resurrection of Christ? There's not much, you're right. But there's a lot of emotion a whole involved lot of emotion in evil and suffering because yeah. it touches everyone. Well, I I know this. I I'm excited that this is, you know, when when we talked about this and you brought up, you know, the problem of evil and suffering, I'm excited about this particular pursuit that we're on. Yeah. Um, and I know I've got, you know, more questions that come to mind, but I have a feeling that future videos are Well, we've got four those. of the short videos, so okay. we've released the one where we talked really about the logical consistency of the argument. And, and the next video, which we've already shot, actually talks about the origins of evil and suffering. So I think there's going to be some good discussion come from that. And then we get start getting into the why. But in the last one, I really want to talk about how we respond to it. And so we'll have these discussions um, with, with each of these things. And then we'll go on to maybe some other topics. And I want to thank you because, you know, this was your idea to do something like this and to spark this kind of discussion. And I think it's I think it's a brilliant idea, Kobe. Man, praise and, God. Uh, and, uh, wait a minute. I wonder if we're on film with me telling you you had a brilliant <laughs> idea. We are on film. Oh, I This is it. recorded for all of time. Oh, this is probably this a is... great time to end. Yeah, what about a raise? What about a raise? Maybe they'll give me one, maybe they won't. Did you just use the Socratic method on me? <laughs> you just answered my question with a question, didn't you? This suddenly devolved really way to, rapidly. Way to turn that on me. All right. We'll talk about something else next time. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank Good you, stuff. man. I've enjoyed it. All right. Me too. <laughs>